You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 80, how to prevent frozen water lines and drain lines. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, Neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, we are talking about preventing frozen water lines and drain pipes. So what is the issue with those? (laughs) Obviously, you have to be in an area like we are. The tundra? Yeah. Yeah, that's what you call it. I call it God's country, but anyhow. (laughs) (laughs) It's beautiful here, but yeah, it's long winters. But uh, and and ironically, speaking of like here, we we have like a six-week... Uh, time frame from I think the first part of June till middle of July where you can grow stuff outside because our listeners might not believe it but mid-July is when we start hitting freezing temps again at nighttime. So so frozen pipes um, are a big deal. Uh, We had uh, one of the biggest jobs to date on a on a vacant property was was that job we did up in Shoshone. Yeah. And it was that was caused by a frozen water line in an attic on a winterized home, which wasn't winterized properly, and it was it was pretty catastrophic as far as costs. It uh, ended up costing the, the people a lot of money. So, yeah. so when we, you know when we talk about that, we're it's if you live in Florida, you probably don't have to worry about that. But most of the rest of the country, you hit freezing temperatures, you know, in the winter time. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Except for like California. I would say so. And so, but I think it's frozen pipes is something that a lot of people don't think about. So what can people do to prevent their pipes from freezing? So I know it sounds like I'm being a smart aleck, but obviously keeping the heat above freezing. Mm -hmm. And when we say above freezing, your thermostat obviously is only telling you what the temperature is right there in that hallway or wherever it is. So... You can set that at 
40 degrees, but down in your basement or in the exterior walls, it might be getting below freezing. So I always, you know, if you're going to leave on vacation, you know, I always recommend people 55 degrees at least. So heating it is obviously the easiest thing. Um, other things you can use is heat tape. Um, we talked about, I don't know if it was in the fall checklist, but uh, a lot of people, uh, especially around this area where your water lines come up out of the, the ground, mm-hmm. you, you put heat tape on it so that until it gets up into the insulated joist or wherever. And all that is, for those of you that don't know what that is, it's literally not like scotch tape, but a thicker tape. And it's just, it's heat. It has a thermostat on it. I think it kicks on at probably 38 40 degrees and it just kicks on when it's supposed to so you can have that obviously insulation is another great thing um you know making sure you don't have any drafts or anything that that could cause something to freeze up so really just preventative measures right and yeah. it's, it's simple things you know i mean it, it's there, there's so many things i've seen throughout my career and it, it's simple things and i say this and the clients you know if they were hearing me they'd probably go well yeah it wasn't that simple but you know i've seen people that'll put like a water softener in a garage you know water heaters you now down south you see that quite often but you know i've seen water heaters that are put in garages and people just think well if we put it right next to the the wall that's adjacent to the living area it'll stay warm enough no it doesn't not not around here so there's simple things that even if you know nothing about construction and homes and and plumbing it's just simple things like that like don't put a water heater or your water softener out in your garage you can buy you can buy that black foam insulation okay. to put around water lines if you think maybe that they're concerned there's all sorts of stuff that you can do Absolutely. So should, you know, one of the questions that comes up when people think about frozen water lines and drain pipes is, should people leave the water dripping while they're out of town, out, gone for long periods of time? No. If you're, let's just say, so if you have to leave the water dripping so that it doesn't freeze up, for the most part, you you have bigger issues. Mm -hmm. You have something chronically that's going on. The, The Water lines aren't insulated properly. Your your basement, your crawl space, your walls aren't insulated. So there's an issue. Now, let's just say, for instance, like up where we're at, let's say, and in, in, usually in, in January, we usually have a week or two where it is just bitterly cold. Like we're talking negative 30s. Nasty. So let's just say we're leaving for the weekend. Should you leave those water lines dripping? Never. Yeah. It's It's just not a good idea. And... The reason why is is because if, first of all, that spigot's open, mm-hmm. and if it was to freeze up just a little bit and it stops, and then it, and then it thaws, it could burst and be spraying water everywhere. You also, obviously, water dripping, you're putting water into the drain lines constantly. Yeah. And drain lines are designed to not, beyond the P-traps, they're not supposed to have water in them. So you don't want them to freeze. So... I'd never recommend it. Now, if you're, once again, and I, I know I sound like I'm contradicting myself, if you're just leaving for a few hours and you want to leave it dripping, yeah, maybe you can get away with it. But my question would be, why, do, why, why, like, are you turning the heat down so low? Like, why would you need to do that? So when people are going away for four or five days or a week, do you suggest that they turn the water off? Yes. 
That's that, that's always my suggestion. Now, what do they do in cases like when we lived in a townhome and our water was connected to everybody <laughs> <laughs> on our side of the fourplex and us turning the water off when we left turned all of their water that off? That was funny because I remember that. Uh, we, we, <laughs> nobody knew all weekend we left. <laughs> yeah, that's when, when we lived in town. We left. Matter of fact, we were going to do a mold inspection. <laughs> we left for the weekend and in the... Just naturally, I'm like, well, we need to shut the water off in case something happens. And ironically, we didn't live there very long. That same place, remember, we had a water heater issue. Yes, we did. Thankfully, we were there when that happened. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, we shut it off and it shut everybody else off. And Yes. So they, what does somebody they do thought in that it just froze up. Yeah. <laughs> so for, for something like that, um, you obviously can't shut it off. Correct. And so, you know, it, let's just say it is your home. You, you kind of have issues there. I mean, I would go to the homeowners association or whoever and say, hey, we need each house needs their own mm-hmm. their own uh, valves because that's not cool. And that just for those that don't understand plumbing for that, for the way that was set up, you're a day late and a dollar short. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. You can't you unless you re- ran each water line to each unit. Mm-hmm. You can't go back and fix that. Does it? Does the same thing happen if somebody has a house but they rent out a basement apartment? Is it all the same? And so they couldn't shut off their water because somebody's living in their basement apartment? It could be. And when I say it could be, it shouldn't be. Okay. But if I remember correctly, the water was covered by the owner. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So It wasn't metered. Exactly. Well, it was metered, but it was only metered... Per building, which was four units. Correct. So the only way, not only way, but the the, the the smartest way is you would have two meters. Okay. So the basement is being metered, so you know how much the basement occupants are using, and then upstairs. If it's not that way, you would do it similar like you do with a sprinkler line. You'd have your main line come in. There's a T, one that goes to the basement, one that goes upstairs. Okay. And after that T, you can shut off your water for the basement and the water for upstairs. Got it. Okay. So, that could it, a good contractor would do that already, mm-hmm. just knowing that. But but yeah, I mean it. It could be that way. It might not be that way. So when you have a situation like that, and that's a great question because, like, what what would we have done if we would have known it would have affected the other units? Like we probably would have just said, ah, oh, we'll just probably leave for the weekend. And I think the reason we did that is is there was a. There was a draft or something that happened by the front door. There was something that happened. Yeah, I think that, by the kitchen window, I think. That we knew, yeah. like, something froze close to a window or door. Yeah. And we're like, hey, we need to shut the water off. So when you're in that kind of situation, you would w- want to address what was, you know, like, what was the reason we did it? Well, it was because that had, that incident had happened. We talked about before, you can get one of those moisture alarms. Exactly. And I would imagine these days you can have it. It wouldn't be Bluetooth, but how, how would it work with your phone? I don't know how that works. Maybe, yeah, Tied Bluetooth. It. Bluetooth. Is it? Yeah. yeah. So that you could be out of town and then that, that moisture alarm goes off and you say, hey, you know, you call your neighbor, you call your landlord and say, can you go check the unit? We had our moisture alarm go off. So, Which that's probably also a good action plan for anybody to have, you know, in mind, no matter if you're going out for a weekend or for a week. Make sure you have a neighbor or somebody you can call in case the pipes freeze and burst. Right. Because you can't necessarily get on a plane that minute, the moment you hear about it, and then jump and get exactly. back home. 
Yeah, and it, but if you live, you know, like where we're at, uh, yeah, our water could freeze and nobody would know. Yeah. So that's why we we obviously shut ours off. Yeah, exactly. But having that moisture alarm, yeah, is that's never a bad idea because. Going back to like the water heater, that it what ended up happening with the water heater was the base of it was just rusting out, and it just started leaking a pretty good leak. And the way we noticed it is the the carpet was sopping wet. So it's never a bad idea to have something like that in a mechanical room because if if like a pressure relief valve on a water heater, if it fails, it's like constant water pressure, whatever the house is, say it's seventy. PSI, it's constant water just pouring. And I guess my point is, is it can only run for two hours and cause a major issue. You imagine if it happened all weekend? No, I can't imagine. <laughs> it, it you know, the, that job that we were talking about, that water ran. This was a modular. It ran for, I think they said two to three days, small, tiny town. And they ended up noticing it because water was running out of the front door. Oh, wow. And it has, if you go to our, or if you follow us on Facebook, you, you'll you see the picture. It had an icicle from, and you were there. Mm-hmm. It was from the eave all the way to the ground. Yep. That's how terrible it was. And my whole point is, is something like that can, it could be so catastrophic, or it could be something where it's not a major issue. It can only, it can happen while you're gone at work and cause a major issue. So... So always keep that in mind with with water. It's just it's water. It's plumbing. It's not fail proof. It can it can have issues. Absolutely. So what do people do if their pipes end up freezing? So a lot of it depends. You know, if you have just a minor freeze, when I say minor, nothing bursts. You know, you can you can try to open. Let's just say it's in your kitchen. Then. And a lot of times what will happen is, is your kitchen's on, and I'm speaking to where we live. Most places, this is how it works. But it's on the north wall, so you have water lines that are in that exterior wall, which nowadays we try to bring them up through the floor. But you have water lines that, that come up through that wall, and then they freeze. Well, if you open the cabinet doors to that sink, a lot of times you can get enough heat in there to, to get them to thaw. You can use a space heater can use a blow dryer. There's a lot of things if it's not burst that you can use. Um, if it's a, and I'm, I'm talking about supply lines, if it's a drain line, you can run slowly just enough warm water through that line to get it to to thaw out. But if it's broken, obviously you've got to call in a plumber. There's a lot more to that. And If you uh, really had a major issue, you're probably calling a mold mitigation company. So Wow. So then you may not even be able to stay in your home. Right. Yep. It could be, you know, and, and you know, one thing I'm sure our followers and listeners know this, when we do mold mitigation, you can't be in the home. So let's say you left for a weekend to go on vacation or for a week to go on vacation, then you have a major issue. Then you come back and you have a mold issue. You could probably be out of your home for a month and a half. So... It could be it could be something fairly major, so you know it's something that people don't really think about until something happens. Absolutely. So, what's your call to action then for people? You know, if there's if you have, let's just say, when it gets really really cold, let's say when it drops below whatever negative ten, you always have this kitchen sink water line that freezes up. We'll figure out why it's freezing up. Maybe there's a hole in the siding on the outside that's allowing a draft in there. Maybe it's because those water lines are in the exterior wall and they're just not insulated properly. 
figure out a way to address that. So if you have something that it rarely happens, make sure that you actually address that, fix it, so you don't come home to a major issue. Absolutely. And you certainly don't want to come home to a major issue with Thanksgiving only a week away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we have Thanksgiving coming up. So, you know, the last thing you want is, is you know, everybody's planning to come to your place for Thanksgiving. Or even if they're not, let's just say you were planning to go to someone's place for Thanksgiving. You only were going to go there for Thanksgiving. You don't want to stay there for a month and a half because you have to find somewhere to live because you had a mold issue. Exactly. So. And again, I think for a lot of people, there is a fear of hearing stuff like this podcast episode and feeling like it's overwhelming. I don't know the first step. I don't know what to do, but I think that's why you have all of your courses as a yep. way to give people the step-by-step right. breakdown of how to do things. Yep. Then it's, you know, we do consultations and, you know, it, it obviously our followers and listeners know you're going to get a lot of information, you know, whether it's the course or consultation, but there's just, there's little minor things you can address that is, it, it, not only is it going to save you a lot of money for the repairs, could save you a lot of money for healthcare costs, and it's going to save you a lot of heartache and stress. Absolutely. So there you have it. Proactive. Yep. Take a course, all on Udemy, other places, tablet-wise, Simplive, take a course so you can teach yourself how to do these things. Yep. Awesome. Everybody have a uh, happy Thanksgiving and uh, hopefully you find some good deals on Black Friday. Awesome. And certainly look out for our Black Friday deals. We will catch you on the next episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.